Today we have an awesome opportunity to have some fun as we honor mothers. We got, I'm sorry Eric, you're cool, but the one and the only Kristen Lindeen in the house today, people. Come on, somebody. Man, we are blessed. And so we're going to have some fun today. We're going to ask some questions. It's kind of interview style, hanging out. But before we do, Kristen's going to read uh, John 15, 1 through 17 for us. So go ahead and take that away before we dive in. All right. <clears throat> I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove, it to, prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so, as I, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed, that, appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, so that you will love one another. Amen. Amen. And so for those who don't know, a reminder, we are in a series of John, and we're just diving through this amazing book of the Bible. And so we're still going to be talking about today. All right. So we're going to have some fun. I'm going to put you all in the hot seat, and we're going to have a good time today. So first and foremost, Chris, I'm going to ask you this one again, Mother's Day, Mothers Go First. I've heard you both love this chapter a lot, this chapter particularly. But what is it that you love the most about this chapter in John? Chris, I'm going to go first. The most. Well... It's just, it's just such a classic passage. Like, as I've grown up in the church, which has been my entire life, it's one of those passages that it's like, yeah, 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 John 15, all right, that's a good passage. But the more I read it a couple times this week and was forcing my kids to listen to it in the van ride here, and they're like, why aren't we listening to music? My, listen to God's word, now. Um, <laughs> uh, it just, it's incredible the amount of times he says, abide, 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 abide. Like, I, I didn't think to count, but it is so many times that that word is in there. And I just love that, you know, like, we have to repeat things in order to learn them. It has to be over and over and over again. Like, uh, when I teach across the nation what I do for my job, I talk about how repetition is the motor of learning, and we have to repeat. And even as adults, we're horrible at repeating. We're horrible at coming back to content. We read a book. Okay, that was great. I learned it, and I'm done. I'm on to the next thing. But we have to come back to these passages and read them again and again and again. Even if you memorized it as a kid, even if you memorized it as a teen, like it's so important to come back and abide in these chapters. And so I love that John put the word abide in there so many times so that it's like, okay, fine, I get it. <laughs> we're supposed to abide. 
I love that. I always say that, you know, Jesus or God never has, he doesn't have a stuttering problem. Sometimes we have a hearing problem, right? <laughs> and so we need to yes. hear it in the repetition throughout. So that's good. That's good. So again, like, as you said, there's a couple things that are in this chapter. One of them is talking about bearing fruit, mm-hmm. right? So Eric, what, what do you think's going on here? Why, why, why is Jesus talking about bearing fruit? What does that mean? What does that look like in like non-Bible talk? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. <laughs> you know, We've been talking, like you said, the story of, of John, and, and this is some of Jesus' final words um, this is after the Last Supper, before going to the cross, and perhaps they're on the way to the Garden of Gethsemane, and perhaps they walk by some vineyards, and Jesus was so good at like, pointing out just everyday, ordinary things, and so I just imagine they're walking through maybe near a vineyard you know, late at night, and, and he's pointing at it, and he's saying, like, this is what it's like in my kingdom that you need to be plugged into me. I remember uh, we had a special speaker uh, at the church I grew up in. How, maybe I was 13 or 14, and I never forget, like, he talked about abiding. And uh, he had uh, an illustration of, like, a, a power tool of some kind and an extension cord. And he's like, you, you got to stay connected and plugged in. Like, that only works if you're plugged in. Like, it's not, it's not like you can unplug it and run away, and it's like, oh, it still has some charge left in it. Like, no, like, it doesn't work that way. And that's how it is. Like, we need to be connected to Jesus at all times. Um, and... And so when he talks about fruit, you know, I really think, you know, Paul talks about, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, self-control. And that's the evidence of, of, of that fruit that Jesus talks about. You know, and, and the older I get, the less I see it's about knowledge and, and more about um, character development. You know, I think God cares less about what we do for him and, and all the things, you know, what we do or don't do. But he's more concerned about the, the character he's developing inside of us. And, you know, and I think of that pruning, it's like the more he prunes away, what's left is what looks like Jesus. Wow, wow. that's so real. That's so Can real. I say something yes, too? Yes, of course. I think one thing that stood out to me this morning as I was reading it is in verse 3, it says, Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. And that jumped out at me this morning because I was like, wait, hold up. Like, it feels like this little throwaway verse in there. Like, what, what is that? I'd never really noticed it before. So I quick Googled it because Google tells me things that my Bible teachers maybe didn't at Northwestern. So, or Bible I just college. don't remember. <laughs> I even took a class on John. I do not remember talking about this. But um, already you are clean because of the word I've spoken to. I love that Jesus throws that in there because it's a reminder that, like, I'm not going to lose my salvation if I go through a season where I'm not abiding well. I'm not going to lose my salvation if the power tool comes unplugged. Right, right, like yep. my salvation doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. But I am unplugged. I'm not abiding. Mm-hmm. But like Jesus says, already you are clean. Right. You're not working for your salvation. Mm-hmm. You're not abiding in an attempt to get to heaven. You're not abiding in an attempt to like win Jesus' favor. Mm-hmm. But you're, ab- you're abiding because it's like a continual work of cleansing beyond the initial salvation. Mm-hmm. So... That's the um, justification. You know, justification right. happens once. Sanctification is ongoing. And Come so on. I just, that just seemed like this little verse is so easy to like flip past because it doesn't have the word abide in it. Yep, so yep. you're not paying as much attention to it. But then I stopped there and I thought, oh, that's so great that Jesus threw that in there. Like, hey, mm-hmm. just remember, like you are already clean. Mm-hmm. You are saved, but now continue to abide in me. So I just wanted to make wow. sure that that was super clear. Okay, real quick, before we go any further, I know we're doing an interview style, but if y'all ain't taking notes today, we, whoa, we're already in it. We're already going. So please take this away. This is good stuff. This is so good. So we're going to still dive into this. So, so we're talking about fruit, 
and you use the word prune, right? Mm -hmm. For those who know about me, I actually have this weird thing about myself. I love yard work. It's very therapeutic for me. We just planted trees. We got our lawn. Like, we're planting (laughs) flowers. My wife's like, good for you, honey. You do you. I'm like, I will. You literally just got your lawn, Literally just got our lawn in. It's like a house now. Yeah. (laughs) It feels like a real home. And and so, you know, I know a little about planting and pruning and stuff like that. But in in this passage, it talks about being pruned and how it can be good for us. Not always easy, right? Mm. But it can be good. So what could you guys share a time, maybe, maybe even as, as parents, as, as a married couple, where you guys went through a season of being pruned? And what, what's going on? What's he talking about here? Mother's Day? Oh, yeah. Mother's first. Yeah. I forgot to confirm. Are we talking about current life? It's the hot seat, so y'all got to be honest. Go ahead. Yeah. You can't lie to me. Yeah. This okay. is church. He gave me permission. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'd say right now, I read that question this morning, I was like, oh, shoot, like right now is a season of pruning uh, for sure. Um, Our oldest son, Joshua, has been going through a really rough season. Um, Long story short, we recently got a diagnosis of Tourette's syndrome for our son. And we did ask his permission to share this. I think he told you no, that he told me, never mind, yes. So that's why right now I was like, oh my goodness, we didn't like clarify if this was happening or not. But um, I'd say that this season of like a diagnosis we never expected is certainly feeling like a good old uh, spring pruning going on in my heart because I am not very happy with my God right now. I am... My heart is breaking for my kid, and we don't know how to move forward, and it's really unknown right now. And so I think um, I'm definitely having some feelings of, like, I just, I want to disconnect from the vine. You know, like, I'm like, I'm out. What? Like, all this that I've done for you, and we've done for you, and now you didn't choose to take this away from my kid. And I can give everyone all the answers about how sin broke the world, and bad things happen, and God doesn't choose to step in and fix everything because we told him not to, you know, like all this stuff. But at the end of the day, I still go, why? Why? And so I'm trying to just say, okay, Holy Spirit, like what do you want to prune in me through this season? to make me more like you through this hardship, because I know that if life was always good, I wouldn't grow to be more like Jesus. So I can't tell you exactly what's being pruned right now or where that, because I'm so in the midst of it, but I just wanted to share honestly that right now I would rather just run away from the vine and be done. But my faith is too deep and he has me too clearly for me to run. So on that, as I transition to you, and both yep. of you, you yep. know, because we're just going to, we're going to have some fun today, is it, this idea of, you know, it's not always easy, right? And like, I feel like sometimes we can get this comfortable idea that, you know, pastors, we got our life together and it's easy and we can get up on stage and, you know, we're tight with God 24-7 and we love God 24-7 <laughs> and he's great 24-7, you know, he is, but we don't always view him that way, right? And this is where it's, where it's hard and it's real and, and it's actual pruning, right? And so as it talks about this and we say like, even though it can be good, it's hard. Can you share a time where, you know, you've been pruned before? Cause this isn't yeah. the first time, you know, yeah. for you guys, you haven't gone through a lot of stuff. I know, yeah. I know this firsthand. Yeah. And so how can you keep telling yourself, Kristen, you mentioned this, your faith is deep. This is going to be good. Mm-hmm. Cause nothing bothers me more sometimes when you're going through stuff. This is all going to be good. It's mm-hmm. all going to yeah. be okay. Stop you know, and, and it might be facts, <laughs> but it's sometimes the worst thing to hear. And that's how do you train your hearts, your mind and your soul 
to remind yourself this is this is good mm -hmm. and I'm gonna keep pushing through this pruning process. Yeah. Yeah, I've shared before, we went through a season of uncertainty in the wilderness in Wisconsin uh, as, as a year, the church we were at, uh, we were no longer on staff of that church and spent a year of just wasn't sure what was next. And I remember one of the biggest things that, that I feel like God really taught me was that there's a big difference uh, between uh, hurting and harming. And so it's like God is not gonna harm me but he will allow things that hurt and broken relationships, broken dreams. And that's not to harm me, but the, the, those things that prune and change us, um, they hurt. And so it, it's understanding that difference that a good parent is never going to harm us, you know, um, but they may allow hurt in our lives. And in that season, um, we had a good gym membership that had a nice lap pool. And I just remember, uh, like, for me, getting back to some of the spiritual practices, uh, when I would swim laps and, like, breathe out my anger, breathe out my, my frustration, um, just, just all the things that, like, I didn't understand. And, and I would come up for air and breathe, and I would consciously breathe in his grace, breathe in his peace. And, like... That physical ongoing or when I would run and same thing, breathe in and out. And that, that connection um, that really helped me to... Like the mind-body Yeah, the mind-body yeah. spirit of, of like, this is what I'm going through and I'm feeling. Uh, and, and then, you know, as you're going through the pruning, like paying attention to your body. We're going through a great book with our governing team uh, called Managing Leadership Anxiety, written by a pastor I used to work for, actually. Mm. But just talking about, like, you know, uh, a, a spinning mind, a racing heart, a tightening gut you know, shoulders that are tight, um, that means something. And so, like, pay attention to that. Yeah. And then, and, and uh, what's going on in my heart and spirit, and that, that then leads you back to the vine um, in, in the midst of, the, of those times. So oh, That's good, man. It's, I love the honesty. And I, honestly, like, I've gotten to know, my wife and I have gotten to know you guys a lot more over the last two years, even more so. And again, man, like, first and foremost, this couple is a power couple. And those who know them, like, you guys have been through so much stuff, and I, I, we look up to you guys like crazy. But, but I've seen you both even grow in this last two years. I mean, I feel like all of us have because of, you know, this thing going around. But, uh, <laughs> but like, I've seen this, 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 this genuine soul, this genuine heart um, that I think I had the blinders on even before knowing you guys on this level where it's like, oh, yeah, you guys are the pastors, and you got your life all figured out, and, you know, whatever. No, man, like, you're people, and you hurt, and pruning sucks sometimes. Sorry. Kids, you're gone. It's fine. <laughs> but it's, it's the honesty that I love. And so, so what we're going to do now is we're going to bring it back to the abide part, right? Because I feel this is a full circle moment, right? And we're going to dive into some, 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 of this, some of this, what's going on here. So specifically in John 15, 7, it says, again, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Okay, so, yep, so here we go. <laughs> Kristen's going to take this one. Yep. Oh, so we're going to, do you believe <laughs> oh, that? And, and, and what about those times we pray? And it, so you're in this moment right now. Like, uh -huh. how do you take this truth and apply it, especially in these hard moments? Why are you kicking this to me? Mother's Day. Because it's Mother's Day. Uh, no. So I shouldn't have to take it. <laughs> they hear from me all the time. I, I mean, we were reading this on Monday morning yeah. and you heard me. Yeah. I was yelling. I, know you were. I was like, no, that is a lie. That, 
yeah. I'm not saying the Bible is a lie, but in that moment, <laughs> my, my feelings were telling me like, what? That's not true. Um, but actually, I was, that morning, I was reading the same passage, and Eric got me a big, well, Eric bought himself a bright pink message Bible, the translation. Didn't realize it was pink, so then he gave it to me. So now I have this beautiful, like, leather, big old floppy. It's super hard to read out of, but on a table, it's nice. And it's the message translation. I've never read, like, big chunks of the Bible in the message. This is ESV. Before this, I did NIV. So I thought, well, I've been in this one since 2011. I'll switch to the message. And it's interesting to read the same passages. So I even made a note here. In the message, this verse is not ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. It's ask whatever you wish and it will be listened to and acted upon. Which just feels a little more nuanced and more real life. Because clearly when I asked God to save a a baby that, that had passed away and God didn't, that he didn't miraculously bring it back to life in the womb, or when God didn't cure my son or hasn't yet of Tourette's, you know, instantaneously like I want him to, like verses like that are so confusing. But the message version just helped me in that moment at least to be like, okay, listen to and act it upon. Like it doesn't say like it's a yes to everything, but as we are told, God always hears our prayers and he does answer just might not always be what our short-sighted vision thinks is the best thing in this world. So I can't explain to you why Jesus said it that way. I can't, I, I'm not knowledgeable enough to dig much deeper than that, but but that message version helped me like, okay, God is listening and he is acting upon my requests. It's just not maybe like as quick or the exact way I want him to do mm-hmm. it. So. Mm-hmm. You got something to add? Yeah, I think it's just it's just always good to take the the long view sometimes. Yeah. Like when we're in the hurt and pain, we can get short-sighted of just this momentary pain. And God is much more concerned about who we're becoming over these decades and shaping us and putting us to look like Jesus. And so Tim Keller, pastor in New York City, I mean, he says, you know, if, if we knew everything God knows, you know, then we would, we would pray differently because God knows exactly what we need for when we pray. And, and he answers those prayers because he knows what we don't see. And so, so often we think we know best. And, and I think it's good. We, we keep asking, we keep seeking, we keep knocking. But then in those moments where we don't understand, we just trust, okay, God, I trust that you are good and you're not going to harm me. You're allowing this hurt in my life to shape me and my character and, and who I am into the person that you've created me to be. And what I, what I love about that is, you know, like you said, Kristen, you guys, like, you don't have all the answers, right? And sometimes these Bible verses make it even harder to find any answers, you know, and weirdly. And, but, but that's honestly, like, so many times we've talked about this, that is where faith comes in. Like, it, it's just the way it goes. You can, you can battle and debate and have, I'm sure, Ethan, you had these questions and conversations, debates in school and all this stuff. You can go back and forth, but ultimately it comes down to you just got to have faith. You just got to trust. And that's so hard to hear, but it's the reality, it right? It's that there's not always an answer for everything. Sometimes you just have to wait, step back, and see what God's doing. Mm-hmm. And eventually, maybe you'll find out. No, that's good. So, again, diving into this chapter, so many good things. The first 11 verses of this chapter is all about relationship, right? 
there's different types of relationship. There's a relationship between the vine and the branches, between us and Jesus. The next couple of verses keep going on about branches. We're having a relationship with branches, like what's going on there. And it just talks about what it looks like. So can we talk on that? Does that really matter? What does it look like? Not just talking about being connected to the vine, and, mm-hmm. and the, but, but what is this whole relationship aspect that's going on mm-hmm. here? Yeah, I think that's the harder part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I, I heard uh, John Mark Comer, he's a pastor out in, in Portland, and he was talking like, you know, about the, the two uh, the greatest commandments. Jesus says, you know, love the Lord your God, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And Honestly, that first part is a lot easier, especially for introverts. It's like, okay, just me and Jesus, we're good. Let's work on this relationship. And he's saying, you know, as an introvert, it's like, I'm good with that. But the whole, like, love my neighbor as myself, uh, I got to sacrifice and, like, lay down my life, like, lay down my preferences for my neighbor and do, like, that's a whole lot harder um, for a lot of us um, who we're fine with this vertical thing. And so that's where I think it's, it, like, the order is important. Like, Jesus always talks about that relationship with God first. Like, you got to be plugged into Jesus first, because if we don't, then we will get bitter, and, uh, you know, we will um, uh, just get angry at people if we try to just love them on our own strength. And so that vertical is first, but then that horizontal is just as right. important about, right. uh, you know, that you love one another as I have loved you. How did Jesus love us? lay down his life on the cross. Like that's, that's the kind of love that Jesus asks us to love each other as fellow branches. Well, and that's perfect because I was going to ask, so that, that's, that's, that verse right there, greater love has done than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. Again, in the Bible, <laughs> truth, extreme. Like it's, <laughs> this is not just something little. What is this, what is this saying? Is, is this what Jesus is really meaning? Are we talking like, Bullets flying, like, what, like, what is this? What does yeah, this yeah. look like, Kristen? What do, what do you, what do you think? Verse thirteen, like, we're talking about this relationship. What does it really mean to show that greater love? Well, it means not always having to win the argument. It means not always being right. It means taking a deep breath and saying, "You're right. I'm being really crappy right now. Like, I'm sorry." Or it, it also just means like learning about the other person, whether it's your spouse or a friend or your child or your parents, like it's listening and learning and like surrendering and humbling, Hmm. surrendering what I want and how I want this conversation to go and how I want this relationship to be and humbling myself to say, hey, maybe I don't know everything. Maybe my way isn't always right. Maybe I can learn something from you and then moving forward in that posture. That's the laying down of the life. Mm-hmm. I mean, clearly I haven't given up my life for you because I'm still here. So, but we do like as husband and wife, we, we merge together and we blend and we bend and we flex. And that's, that's what that looks mm-hmm. like. So it's so a tricky question with this. So we're talking about, you know, this idea of, of, of love and laying down your life. And you mentioned there's, there's different aspects of that in life, whether you're, you're a mom or a wife or a husband or a father, or, you know, just even as a friend, specifically as a mother, have you, can you ever tell a time where you've laid down your life in this aspect of love for your kids? Like, they might not know it yet, so I'll make sure we save this video so they understand <laughs> that she has laid down life many times. But, but what does that look like as a mom, you know? Because it might be a little bit different in well, that relationship. my first response is, is, have you given birth? Like, that is like <laughs> laying no, down I have no. life. Is, <laughs> I haven't experienced that yet. No, thank the, that thank is, the Lord. My life was like, all right, here you go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> four times, people. Um, no, I, 
Obviously, I love my kids. Let's see, laying down my life for my kids. I mean, let's be real. Like, I'm homeschooling right now and did not plan to homeschool, did not choose to homeschool. So am I laying down aspects of my life right now, what I thought life would look like right now? Absolutely. For the betterment of my children because Mm -hmm. school with COVID wasn't working, so we yanked them to homeschool at the end of November, and that's not something we ever felt called to yet. Like, we always knew it was a possibility. We thought we prayed about it every year, but so far had felt fine sending our kids to our local school, and then this November, it was just like, boom, nope, homeschool, and that means my job has less time, my life has less time, my routine has less, like, it's just, everything is different, but it's, I am laying that down, what I thought life would look like once three kids were in school full-time and I only had one at home, like laying that down and putting my kids before my own ambitions or goals or mm-hmm. dreams or plans or anything like that. So I think that's a really tangible one that's happening currently. And uh, let's just say moms are amazing. I mean, for the first, uh, you know, most moms, uh, again, some people have trouble with, with nursing, but they keep this child alive. Mm-hmm. From their own bodies, you know, for the first year or two. Uh, if you don't know, uh, Kim McDermott, she's back there. Kim and Josh up here, they just had twins a couple weeks Look ago. Back They're back there. there. Kim keeps those babies alive with her <laughs> own body. That's amazing. She's up here singing. Can we give Kim a hand? Come and Josh. Uh, that's amazing. Twins. Like, she was up here rehearsing, and the twin babies are back there sleeping. I was like, what? Like, they're only alive because of Kim. Like, this is. Amazing. Uh, and what's cool is, like, in the Bible, like, we talk so often about God as our Father, and, and we should, but also, I think sometimes we forget, like, God is just as much a mother to us as a father. Absolutely. Now, don't get all, okay. But, because um, there are a lot of Old Testament passages that, that really say it's like a nursing mother to a child, mm-hmm. is how God feels us, yeah. towards us, that he loves mm-hmm. us in that same way. In the same way as when, when Josh and Kim are holding Ian and Wilder back, back there, like that's how Jesus, right. the, the God views us right. as, as that helpless baby. Right. And, and he covers us in his wings. And so just the one thing I just thought about, just as we go into Mother's Day, because it can be so easy to make it just this, again, shiny, happy holiday, you know, but, and as people struggle. But like, if you had an imperfect relationship with your, with your mom, just know that God is that mother to you as well. Like God loves you and nurtures you like a mother just as much as as a father to us. And yeah. And I love that because it is real. Again, we're not trying to get all whatever, but like it's to find their full potential. And that's one of my favorite things in life is seeing someone get to that, right? Mm -hmm. To see as they're reaching something, they're diving in, they're pushing through, being pruned and all that. But what are some, some tangible ways as we wrap this up? And we can continue to encourage each other, especially right now with everything going on, and, and, and just really encourage each other and, and to, to dive into what it might look like to bear different fruit, mm-hmm. right? Because that's a huge part, too, is fruit is fruit, right? There's apples, there's oranges, there's bananas, right? Tomatoes, some of you think. But, like, we bear different fruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> See what I did there? But, like, what does that look like? How do we encourage each other as yeah. a church, as a family, to dive into that? Yeah. <clears throat> well, even just last Sunday... You know, as we are, we're doing the serve day, uh, just so neat to see the different adults pouring in and encouraging the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, that, hey, Bennett, you know, you can do this. Right. Or Noble, or, you know, one dad helping another five or six year old, you know, figure out how to power spray uh, a walkway for a recent widow who just lost 
her husband a month ago and her son a year ago. And, and like, how cool is that that he's in, this dad is encouraging a different boy, you know? And I just think about that, like, just in the kingdom, like, what a difference it would make if we all, even if we don't have the gift of encouragement, it doesn't come naturally to us, like, worked on encouraging each other's kids, encouraging each other to reach that potential. I mean, it's silly, but, they, you know, the kids, you know, will do science fair experiments and, like, if you talk encouragement to that plant, like it's going to grow better <laughs> than, you know, like, like yelling at the plant. I, I don't know why. That's just the way God created us. Um, so that's what I think of. What do you think? I just think, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to go through life not encouraging. Like even if you're thinking it, hmm. even if you admire someone from a distance, like what we need to do more of church <laughs> is actually speak the words mm, that's good actually go to the person mm-hmm. and say hey i see in you mm-hmm. this and keep it up mm-hmm. keep doing it or let me speak to you i see this in you do it like mm-hmm. you're not doing it you're not stepping in uh, and i think just the way that uh, we should be doing that to our children which we can always do more of uh, we need to be doing that to each other mm-hmm. as well. So when I, you know, see in Katie something, you know, I need to say that to mm-hmm. Katie so that Katie then feels that like empowerment almost, mm-hmm. or that like like I just poured water on her and she can now go, oh look, mm-hmm. that's, that's that's how this is going to go. And, yeah, I think it's John Maxwell who says like never rob someone the joy of a compliment that like you think in your head. Mm-hmm. Like if you think something about someone, like wow, like. You're so loving. You're so kind. You're such a good mom. You're a good teacher. You're a good, uh, you have such hospitality gift. Like, don't rob someone of actually speaking that truth out loud and speaking those words because, like, we never know. Someone's going to be gone or just whatever. We don't know what speaking that one truth to them that we've thought. We're like, oh, well, it's not a big deal. They, they know that they're fill in the blank. And, and, and so, like, I've tried to do that, but, like, that's one thing I think all of us, like, if we think that, like, to, to tell someone, send that text or well, write a letter. And we don't always know what we're good at. Right, right. right like, so I'm saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, and that's okay. Jen says that all the time. Yeah. Right there, that lady <laughs> in the pink sweater. Yeah. She says that all the time. Like, I don't know what I'm good at yeah. until she says, you're so adaptable and that's amazing. That's a gift. That's yeah. a skill. And I'm like, what? No, that's just, I'm just crazy. Like, <laughs> I, I'm just running around with my head cut off. No, this is, this is like something that you have that I don't have. And so yeah. that's good. Like, keep doing that. And mm-hmm. I think, it, I just think we don't do enough of that. Mm-hmm. Wow, I'm telling you, if y'all didn't take notes, go watch this again. Because ultimately, I think as we wrap this up, that this passage is the church. And I say that coming from someone that has hated the church the last couple of years, to be honest. I've gone through it, not too sure about it. But ultimately, this is what it's about, is that we are the branches. We're connected to the vine. We're here to encourage each other to be honest with each other, to go through hard times with each other, to go through good times with each other, and just go through life. And I think that Jesus, if you study anything about him, he is all about family. He's all about relationship. If you don't know that, dive in. That's probably his number one thing. And that's what we do here. And so, Chris and Eric, thank you guys so much. You guys are amazing. What I want to do as we wrap this up is, can we just read this passage one more time? And I would love to encourage you, whether you're viewing online, sitting here, to just listen. Just listen to this encouragement. Get this water that you need for your, for your branches to grow and to flourish. And just to be you as you figure out life. You don't have to all figure it out right now. But what does it look like? Chris, why don't you wrap us up with this passage? Okay. 
I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends. If you do it, I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends. For all that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you, and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command, so that you will love one another. Amen. Amen. Can we give a hand for Chris and Eric one time, just for sharing their hearts, just being honest. We appreciate it. Eric, why don't you take us into what yeah, we got going you. on next? Thank you. We're going to wrap things up here with uh, one final song. Uh, but before we do that, uh, just maybe if today is a bit of a struggle for you, I just want you to know that Jesus invites you to abide in his love so that his joy then may be in you. And if this morning you're just struggling, I just invite you to receive the love of Jesus, to pray that his joy would be in you and the joy of the Lord is your strength. And, and my, my prayer and hope for you is that you would know that God loves you so, so much. We've been talking about this for this whole series of John. In John 3, in the middle of the night, as a religious man comes to Jesus, Jesus shares the most famous verse in all scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And that everlasting life is life that starts here and now by being plugged into that vine. So I just want to invite you right now, before we sing this last song, would you just close your eyes if you feel comfortable with that? And um, online as well, uh, just, just uh, close your eyes. If you feel comfortable, um, uh, you can set your hands out. Um, and, and it's just as a way to receive from Jesus uh, whether, what, whatever you need. Just say, hey God, I, I just need to feel your love this morning. Or to say, Jesus, I just, I really need some of your joy. Life has just felt dull and I, I just, I, 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 it just feels like I need your, your joy. Maybe like so, so many in our community right now who are going through anxiety and depression, you just pray, Jesus, I need, I need more of your peace right now. Just fill me with your peace. And, and, and my prayer is that you'd feel God as, as your mother, as your father, that just looking down on you and smiling, that, that he's not waiting for you to change so that you can earn his favor, but he loves you so much in the same way that Josh and Kim love their twins, Ian and Wilder, unconditionally. That's the way that God looks at each and every one of us. We are chosen. 
We are loved. We are accepted. Let's just, I just want to invite you just to sit in that truth for just a minute before we wrap things up with our closing song. God, I thank you that you are not some distant God, but you are close and near. God, you know what it's like to lose a child. Through Jesus, you know what it's like to be betrayed, to have friends die, to experience hurt and pain. God, I thank you that that you walk through Jesus, through the, the human mess that we go through. And so you understand. You are not far away, but you are sympathetic to us. So Jesus, as our great high priest, we just we bring all our needs and all our concerns to you. We just ask you to fill us with your love and your joy, your peace, your hope. And God, that this week we would abide in you. That we, out of a place of, of, of fully known and loved, that when we wake up in the morning, we, we just want to crawl into our, our daddy's lap, knowing that you hold us like a, like a nursing mother. We just feel surrounded by your love and acceptance.